Travolting presents The Fraser's Edge. Hosted by Jeff Sweeney and Stuart Elmore. Covering a case of you. Enjoy the episode. past week or two you know i've i've gotten really into red bull and uh i was thinking you and i could go to an escape room and i'll bring some red bull you're giving out so Um, much information about me on public air jeff and we're gonna watch a uh, love song for bobby long oh my god um i was thinking you know these are things that i really enjoy how do you feel about that well jeff it's funny you should say that because um you know i i really want us to go down to the pub and have some guinness Mm mm-hmm and then maybe afterwards watch American Graffiti. It's almost like you learned it, some things about me. Yeah. And you know where I learned all these things? Where? From the from the world's most amazingly accurate and romantic brings us all together app of all time. The Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> well, Stuart, you know, I, I think I love you. This is... Oh. <laughs> uh, you're amazing. <laughs> I don't know where else to take this joke from here. I, I think we Jeff, run this it. intro was I I I understood so sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most sweatiest intro yeah. I have ever done with you, bro. <laughs> what was that? Like we just like we didn't have like a punchline to it. You know it. what else is sweaty? <laughs> the <laughs> 2013 motion picture, A Case of You. This movie is why do you call it sweaty though? I don't really well, I was sweating because this is maybe the most stressful fucking movie I've ever seen. Uh, I'm, this I'm, is, I'm this interested is a to get into that. about a man who really digs his hole, and it is miraculous he's able to climb out of it. Oh, and I, I, have, I have a few thoughts on how on his like whole redemption art bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, are you aware that the only reason Justin Long comes back at the end and like says all the things he does is because the audience of his book wouldn't like him. Yeah, because Vince Vaughn <laughs> tells him that he's unlikable <laughs> as a protagonist. Yeah. Which I kind of think is like somewhat of an audacious move for a movie. I think that's kind of cool. But it's the idea that like none of the things he says at the end is from like a general place of heart. Yeah, he has to be told by Vince Vaughn. Who's playing Raji. Yeah, he's playing oh, Raji. He's coming back as Raji. He's coming back as Raji from... Fuck. From Be Cool. Be Cool. Stuart, can you pass me my notebook? I left it over there. Oh. Um, I'm getting started really off nicely. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you, folks, for listening to our Escape from last Planet week's Earth episode, episode on Escape from Planet Earth, a yeah. film that we both agreed should have been nominated. Yeah, for Best Picture. Best Picture. not Best just Director. Best, best Director. Cinematography, honestly. Best actor yeah i would have uh given rob mc mc uh, i was so overwhelmed by emotions in that movie i can't remember <laughs> i love how you ejected rob cordry rob rob cordry. Cordry. he should have been nominated for best actor yeah. we talked we talked about that last week um, yeah we did there's no need to relitigate uh, a masterpiece of american cinema yeah um right uh but this week we're talking about the 2013 cat coiro um motion picture a case of you starring Justin Long. The walrus. Yes, he is the walrus. <laughs> He's still the walrus. Ooh, ah! 
<laughs> if folks haven't seen the walrus yet what are you doing with your life yeah i think everybody's got to see that movie it's a kevin smith masterpiece um but yeah thank you uh for joining us um want to check back in with brendan real quick <laughs> it's not great news <laughs> where we're at yeah i'm uh I, i'm not looking forward to this but yeah i mean we we <sighs> What can we say? Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's fully in the era. He's out of blockbusters. He's out of the A-list. He's not, he's a Hollywood exile is what we're calling this era. Yeah. His his, uh, his roles are consisting of, like, lead roles in low-budget action movies. When you go from uh, The Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor and all the other movies that come in between to, and I'll, I'll include Extraordinary Measures, kind of, yeah. but not even then, but to, like... Furry Vengeance. Whole lot of soul. Whole uh, uh, whole lot of soul. Have you guys heard of that movie? No, I bet <laughs> you haven't. Uh, Escape from Planet Earth. And what studio? What What did we talk about again? What studio made that movie again? The Weinstein Company. Uh, it's the reason Harvey was arrested. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> it was the reason this. that we talked about it. Uh, and then A Case of You. Like, it really, it, it's funny how Stepping Stone it's getting. Yeah. Because, like, as we talk, like, Furry Vengeance is, like, the, an atrocious, like, animal movie. Yeah, like, animal comedy. And then Whole Lot of Soul, nobody's heard about it. Yeah. And he plays a role in it. He's the, he's ostensibly the lead of that movie. Kind of, but it shouldn't be. Yeah. And then Escape from Planet Earth, a non-existent... Uh, Masterpiece. <laughs> Academy Award winning. Academy Award winning animated film uh, in which he plays the, the dumb heroic aliens and then this movie a case of you where i think i texted you this last night jeff when i was watching this but like imagine brendan fraser to get in the mindset for this role slept on the streets of new york for two weeks then got up reported to set got his lines for the day tossed them aside and just riffed just improvised and i think he's kind of good in this movie i'm gonna say it now for his one scene for his one scene but it's like this is the type of movie that you know, you don't really segue. You don't really segue into this kind of movie from the career that he had had. Like this, this movie's coming out of the like you know mid two thousand tens like digital video mumblecore revolution, where you have like your your directors like your Cat Coyros and your Lynn Sheltons and your Leslie Headlands and the Duplass brothers and whatnot. God, I'm proud of you for memorizing all you those like names. That? <laughs> that was really you good. like that. Yeah. Um, they're all like. You know, around 2007, 2008 is when this, even the Safdie brothers kind of come up through this. Just kind of this, like, low-budget New York City parasocial relationship movies. Yeah. Movies about just people in Brooklyn in a relationship uh, made for no money. Yeah. And, you know, you'll get some, you know, well-known character actors to pop into your movie. You'll maybe have a somewhat big rom-com actor kind of slum it with you for a little bit in the lead. But this isn't the type of movie that, you know, a blockbuster leading man pops into for one scene, typically. Yeah. Um, Brendan appearing in this is really a mark of where he's at in his career that he, I don't want to say he has to do something like this because I'm sure he enjoyed doing this and this is like kind of a respectable crew to be around. Yeah. But it's like, this is not this is not the type of movie that he should be in. If he's going to play a small role in a rom-com, where he was at with his career, it should be like a big budget rom-com. Right. If you think about him and his big 
big career. Like she's been popping into like some um, God, what's her name? Who's in Knocked Up? Um, uh, we're gonna have to talk about her on the show one day. Um, no. Catherine Heigl. Oh yeah. Like you should be popping like your Catherine Heigl rom coms or your you know you know what I mean. Kinda. But like th- those are the the Hollywood rom coms. This is your decidedly not Hollywood. Yeah. This is low budget indie rom com. Yes. Yeah. And so where he's at, where it's like he's doing low budget action movies as the lead, um, and you know, independent animated movies. Yep. Where he can be in them. And then he'll occasionally just like, you know, cameo in something like this, which I'm sure is like, this is probably the most fulfilling type of thing he can find at this point in his career. Well, and, and to tag onto that, I feel like, uh, Fraser's also like, he's taking what he's getting and he's not getting a lot because what else did he do in 2013? Like, uh, harebrained, harebrained. There's the one pawn shop chronicles, breakout, gimme shelter. Yeah, and so all these are non-existent films. The vibe I really get out of this is like this is probably because you know he is a real actor, and that's important to remember. And I'm sure getting to be in a movie like this, that regardless of what we're gonna say about this movie, yeah, it's like made by real people. Mm-hmm. Like there's directorial, authorial intent in this movie. Yeah, um, you you know, real artists are working on it, and I'm sure that's appealing to him. Yeah, to get to work on this. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and so this is probably the more passionate kind of stuff he's doing at this time, as opposed to your uh, your um, hair brains and your pawn shop chronicles and your breakouts. But it's all in the same year. Like, it's very much yeah. so like he's taking what he can get. Oh, yeah, he's taking what he can get, and I'm sure this is, like, the one he's excited about, in a sense. Yeah, probably. Um, which is just sad to see this guy here. We've, we've said it in every episode recently, but... Yeah, it's been very depressing. Yeah. I know you, you liked him in this role. I I do. I I didn't have really have an opinion on it. This is like kind of my favorite type of character actor appearance in a movie is like New York City set scumbum cameo appearance. Yeah. Like where he just shows up for one scene, gives a little New York parody, and then he's gone. Right, but it's not even in like the the uh, consistent tone that his character yeah. is like built up to be. Because his yeah. character is built up to be this like free living like he travels the world mm. and does all these humanitarian things i literally th- when he showed up i thought oh he's like a bum on the street <laughs> yeah he, he's basically playing like a, a hipster brooklyn hipster yeah and he really doesn't get much to do in this movie but he's clearly having fun which is different than we've kind of got with a lot of these movies recently. yeah he's, ha- uh, yeah, he's having a good time yeah um and i'm happy for him that he got to have fun yeah do you have a justin long corner prepped and ready for this <laughs> I, have no I don't i don't mean to but i mean there's nothing much Just, to say well, but. it's more to say justin long co-wrote this movie oh fascinating so this movie a case of you is directed by kat coiro um who is she was a rom-com director at this time she did uh the movie actually that came out recently so i'm not going to say that um she kind of did independent rom-coms like this um movie called life happens and a movie called while we were here this is one year before he's gonna do tusk i just yeah. thought about that <laughs> these are movies with like your kate bosworths and Kristen ritters they're all like kind of independent romantic comedies uh then she makes a hard segue into television very successful television director for several years 
uh, directs episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, It's Always Sunny, Shameless, Modern Family, um, basically every, you know, major sitcom of mm-hmm. the era. She kind of does an episode or two. Yeah. Uh, and then recently she's kind of, she's had a very successful past year. She was one of the executive producers and co- and directors on She-Hulk, the Marvel show. Oh, yeah. Um, which I did not like very much, but uh, was her she was definitely not the problem with that show. Um, and then she what also, was the problem with that show, Jeff? Uh, the problem with that show is that like nothing happens in uh-huh. any episode. It's kind of boring. Okay. Um, Just for our audience, which might have some opinions on yeah. said. It does a lot of like, um, like you know, trying to be funny, like trying to be hip humor that doesn't really land yeah um but tatiana maslani is great in it uh she also directed the movie marry me with owen wilson and j-lo last year um the big j-lo movie last year that i kept seeing trailers for and then never saw oh uh she's but she's had a bit of a comeback but this is her humble beginnings is movies like this uh this movie's co-written by justin long who stars in it yeah. I'm not going to do a Justin Long Corner because, like, there's not enough time in the world. No. But I, I, I will say I like Justin Long. Did he, you see Barbarian? Yes. Justin Long and Barbarian. He's great. He's great. He's so good. He's he's awesome in Barbarian. Yeah. I think it's funny that Justin Long kind of became a scream king uh, by just getting, like, murdered in a lot of horror movies. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I think he's funny. He's he's good in the stuff I've seen him in. Yeah, um I I don't I don't know why Hollywood is so like mean to Justin Long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people have he's not the best actor, but he's fine. He's a yeah. great in Barbarian and that kind of forgives most sins, IMO. <laughs> if you're going one good movie is all it takes. Honestly? Honestly though? If an actor gives me one really good performance, even if the sole time, uh, the, you know, the total of the rest of their career is shit, you know what? I'll take it. Yeah, we've done podcasts on that. On people yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's called John Travolta, that, Jeff. That's just fantastic. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, uh, just long to help uh, co-write this movie. I couldn't really find why he co-wrote this movie. Um, I didn't really look. Is he an executive producer, maybe? Well, I'm just curious. I'm, gonna, I'm looking up. Um, I only ask because a, for something this small budget, I would assume Justin Long would be an executive producer on, like, I don't know, just for pay help. Okay, I'm reading where he got the idea for this movie from. So apparently he was going through a breakup, as were the other co-writers of this movie. Aww. And so they basically kind of wrote this over the course of several months just getting over their breakups um what nothing oh <laughs> like he is sl- a he is a producer on the movie yeah he's a producer and a writer so it basically seems like he wrote this with his brother and another friend while getting over a breakup and kind of like the mistakes that they felt they made hmm. and <laughs> so sad. and so and then uh they realized well maybe we actually have a movie here Instead of just like a script or writing for fun. And so they eventually put it, you know, through the ringer and it gets made. Can I say though that the entire premise of this movie is an how is a how I met your mother episode? Essentially, yes. Yeah. That came up before this. 
I mean, I've read I read some of the, re- the critic reviews, and it it goes to show the mm. same. Like, it's got charm. Yeah, it's got charm. This movie's fine, but it's not original. <laughs> but I, I don't think people are watching this movie for originality. Yeah, I'm reading uh, Long's in, an interview with Long right now, and he basically says there were a few versions of the script where we would get notes from the studio, like you need a clear conflict, you need to introduce an ex boyfriend or competition. And he says, every time we did that, it felt like it started veering into the rom-com territory that felt hokey and false. So he settled on the conflict being within himself. He gets in his own way. He's his own obstacle. And that's something I think is relatable. Um, and that's something they hadn't seen too much of before. And I find that kind of interesting. Because, you know, coming out of this this scene in 2010-ish uh, movies like this. The, uh, yes. Uh, real quick. Have you seen the movie Begin Again? No came out the exact same year directed by one of my favorite directors john carney yeah uh it's essentially the it's not the same movie but it's the same like indie rom-com it fits into the same mold kind of fits yeah, in the this, same mold the indie rom-com but it's good mm-hmm. <laughs> and other than the fact that they have good actors in it they got mark ruffalo and Kira knightley ruffalo. Uh, um this has evan rachel wood and justin long yeah. But it I think the thing that does interest me about, you know, his conception of this movie, reading that, is that they did try and make a movie, like, rather than make just a movie about guy meets girl, guy falls in love with girl, guy loses girl, guy has to win girl back. Um, I like that they made the thing he loses her to is himself. Like, it's his own ability, inability to um, be honest with himself that's preventing him from being honest with her. But, you, Jeff, you know where my thought was going yeah. to with this whole, like, oh, he's looking at her Facebook to see all yeah. the things he likes. and Because that's the problem with her. this movie. <laughs> well, he's molding her personality around it. You know what I was, like, guessing this movie was going to go to? Well, but Which it kind of did, but it didn't. Was if he were to reveal it, she'd be like, I know. I thought it was very sweet of you. Yeah. Because when you think about it, like, he, he's blaming himself. He's doing a bad thing by taking a girl's interest into accountability of their relationship. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so have you ever seen You've Got Mail? No. Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan? No. It's another rom-com that has a very slippery, sl- and has another slippery slope, um, like, conceit to it. Essentially, you know... Spoilers for You've Got Mail if you haven't seen You've Got Mail in like the 25 years since it came out. Um, Essentially, Meg, like it's about emails. And Meg Ryan is like emailing with like her mystery lover um, who is like just telling her all the things she wants to hear and who she's really loving. And it's Tom Hanks who in real life is like an asshole businessman. Mm -hmm. But in the emails, he's able to be charming and sweet to her and whatnot. Right. And he becomes aware about halfway through the movie that it's her he's emailing. Okay. Um, instead of just some random girl. Yeah. Um, and they're competing because he's trying to demolish her bookstore that she works at. <laughs> and he does succeed at it. <laughs> oh. um, and the whole time, like, he's kind of faced with the dilemma of, like, whether he tells her or whether he keeps this romance alive through email, even though he knows he can't do it in person. And he kind of, like, spends the entire second half of the movie gaslighting her. Um, but then the big reveal at the end is... He tells her that they're going to meet somewhere, and then he comes around the corner, and she realizes she loved him all along, no matter what. Great movie. It's actually a phenomenal movie with maybe like the slipperiest slope um, conceit to it 
that only works because the two of them are so charming and the movie is so charming that you kind of like push forget. aside you that kind like, of forget about it a yeah, little that bit. You kind of like, this is a little fucked up, but, it, but I am so overcome with emotion that I don't care. Hmm. This movie cannot cross that hurdle. Cannot make that hurdle. Jump. Well, that's the, that's the here's thing. Here's the thing movie. though. Like I, I don't know. I guess it's, I, I personally think it's up for debate a little bit mm-hmm. as to whether this is really fucked up or not. Yeah. It's not as fucked up. As no, because like, he's like, oh, she likes improv. You know what I'm going to yeah. do? I'm going to go to the improv. Yeah. And it's like, okay, good. Great. Mm-hmm. You're taking her interest like into account. Yeah. Like it's like, what are you, what else are you going to do? The opposite. Mm-hmm. She likes whiskey. You don't want to buy as a present vodka. Like, yeah. why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense. So I guess like, it just doesn't like, I, I get where though, that where he, like he takes guitar lessons because she likes somebody yeah. who plays guitar. That's charming. That's romantic. Well, That's not being fake. <laughs> the element that makes it difficult is like, if he were to just do these things, it would not have been a problem. It's that he sells himself as a long-term fan of all these things. Right. Like, he's like, I've known guitar all along. You know, I love ballroom dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that he continues the charade that he likes, has liked all these things for his entire life that makes it questionable. And you know where the movie kind of falters where, to your point, it should have, like, pushed the gas more? Yeah pushing him on those moments yes. like the scene with brendan fraser where he's got to play guitar and then he yeah. chickens out yeah right away but the thing is the movie doesn't really do that yeah. because what happens when he goes to the ballroom thing he learns how to do yeah. ballroom and the movie <laughs> and it's fine yeah. <laughs> and the movie establishes that like she figures out pretty quick that he's doing this and is okay with him yes um she starts like putting fake things on her facebook to see if he'll do them right and that there is like the movie never fully crosses the hurdle of making like this. So you romantic. did something bad and have something to atone for or whatever. Yeah. He never, it, it never goes one way or the other. It's never so bad that he fully has to atone for it. Yeah. Nor does it ever go like, it's so romantic. I don't care that he's doing this. Right. That he's a, not a good guy or whatever. Yeah. Or he's a hack writer. Yeah. It would have been more interesting if, um, if she had found his script Yes. About writing the whole thing down. Yeah. Then that's at least something. Yeah. This movie needs a, just like one extra element of juice. Right. Which it, it has it in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it has it the script. It has to be like she finds out that he's writing their romance as a book. Yeah. And is upset with him about it. Or it has to be that he um, really gets in so deep with the lies. Yeah. That it bites him in the ass. The Big Sick did this beautifully. Yeah, Big Sick's a great movie. It's fucking great. It's yeah. my favorite rom-com of all time. Got Holly Hunter in it. What? Got Holly Hunter in it. Holly Hunter? Yeah, Holly Hunter. Ray, Ray Romano. <laughs> yeah, it's me. Her dad, Zoe Kazan's dad. Me, Ray Romano. Fucking you ever watch Everybody Loves Raymond? But, like, that's a perfect example of, like... Go all of this guy. Like, a start of a good relationship, yeah. and then she finds the photos of all the women. Yeah. Now, obviously, it's, like... Kumail doesn't think he's doing anything wrong because it's like, yeah, these are all dates I had to go on because my parents don't believe in arranged marriage. Yeah. But she's like, then why do you keep them? Like, like it, it fits it into the mold of like, yeah. you can understand why one person would be upset, but you can also understand why the other person would be defensive. Mm-hmm. There is none of that. There, there's none of that like pull, that yeah. tension in this movie whatsoever. And that's the weird thing is I still found myself getting really stressed towards the end of the movie. Yeah. Like, just because, um, but then it never pays off my stress. I'm going to watch Begin again, just after this conversation. Here's the thing, like, 
I was getting so stressed like that it was about to be unveiled. Like everything was going to fall apart. And then the movie just has him get really angry at her for not taking as much interest in his hobbies as she's putting into her. Which is which is another thing that's kind of understandable. Because like, the movie, wait, I hear agree with what you're saying, yeah. Jeff, but would you agree with this? The movie wants you to believe that he's being an asshole because he doesn't think he's worthy of blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. But if you look at the text of the movie, it's like, did you ever ask me what my favorite thing was? Did you ever ask me like, and then you kind of think about it, It's like, he kind of has a point with all of this. Well, I think the problem becomes he has a point to a certain degree yes but the fact that is all he's ever explained to her is that all of his favorite things are the exact Exact same same. as hers right yes so it's totally understandable that she would never inquire into it because he's coming up and saying hey my favorite book is charles darwin's the origin of species but then the movie goes i guess like that scene that it's such a critical scene in the movie That to me, like, it's so... And it kind of comes out of nowhere. There's no build-up to him getting upset. No, there isn't. Yeah. Because, like, what was before that? She it... tells him that he she loves, she loves him, him. And he's like, I like you. And then the next time he's like, Why are you taking each other? like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, exactly. And, like, it, it builds up to this, like, scenario where, like, I, here's the thing that I thought, Jeff. Yeah. And it almost kind of went to this thread. In that scene where she takes him, I mean, I kind of like this dialogue yeah. more that we're having than going through the plot. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So, like, where she takes him to this art museum and they yeah. set up a picnic or whatever. You know what that reminds me of? What? That reminds me of, like, the cheesy, corny couples. It's like, let's put a blanket out and stargaze together. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you this now, Jeff. I want to say this for the audience. I know I have some people listening who might get offended <laughs> at this. Stargazing is bullshit. <laughs> Why would anybody willingly want to like put a blanket out on a gra- on a patch of grass somewhere and then watch the stars for how long? It might be fun for like five minutes. Sounds kind of romantic to me. Okay, but do you get what I'm saying though? Yeah, I to get what somebody you're who hates stargazing, yeah, but has been has been catering to a person who loves to stargaze mm-hmm. all of their interests and hobbies. And it builds up, builds up, builds up, builds up to the point where, like, we're going to stargaze together. And then the person who hates stargazing just snaps. Yeah. And it's like, I see what you're doing. Yeah. You're fine. You're doing the thing. Like, this is weird. This yeah. is weird. Like, like I don't like picnics. I don't like sitting in strange yeah. art museums and drinking bourbon or whatever. Like, the, the scene was almost building up to that moment. And then at the very, very last second, it sort of pulls away from that. Yeah. The thing that I think the scene fails at. Um, is that he, like, as far as she's concerned, this is, like, a perfect date for him because of how he's established his personality. Exactly. And because, like, this, the way, the the good version of this scene is essentially, like, he comes in and he realizes that he's gone so deep. Yes. That this is what she interprets as, like, his dream. Yes. But instead, he just is like, I don't know why you don't learn anything about me. Exactly. But it's like, no, she did learn about you, and this is what you've presented to her because you've been lying to her this whole time. The good version of the scene is him admitting that... It's like, a charade. Her name's Birdie in the movie. It's like, yeah. Birdie, none of this is appealing to me. Yeah. And, and, he, and, and he, I've been lying to and you. And he like kind of says, like, none of this is appealing to me. She's like, well, you told me it all did. Like, 
But then it stops there. Yeah. Like he should he should have to unveil himself to her. This, this is scene. the scene where he's like, this is the scene where if the if the scene lasted for two more minutes, where he should have been like, I don't like bourbon, I don't like art museums, I don't like this author, I don't like rock climbing, yeah. I don't like these things, I hate improv, yeah. I hate. I've going- been lying to you. And he just t- throws us all out there, yeah. and then she could be like, "Well, I, I, okay, yeah, I, I think I knew all that." Yeah, and it's like, "What do you mean?" It's like, "Well, have you been noticing I've been putting more things on my Facebook lately?" Yeah, and that's like, can you imagine us as the audience watching this movie and her uttering the line, "Have you been noticing I've been putting more things on my Facebook?" Ghoul? Yeah, like that the- would be like a oh fuck, she yeah. knows the the dialogue that they have at the like recital at the end should happen here. Exactly. Exactly. And the recital dialogue should be essentially him like coming back, apologizing and them realizing it's a give and take and it's a 50-50 kind of deal. Yeah. And like he did actually enjoy dancing with her. Yeah. Just as she should enjoy the... But he didn't like rock climbing. But neither did she. Yeah. And so that should... Like you need to move the dialogue from the very end of the movie up a bit to here. Yeah. Then you can have like the mo- the separation between the two of them, and then the you know the what do you call it like a, re- a restoration at the very end at that ballroom. Because another very frustrating aspect of this movie, Jeff, is that it even puts in two characters who personify this point of compromising. Yeah. It's his roommate and yes. his girlfriend, fiance, yeah. wife, girlfriend, girlfriend, and they put a lot of like work or lip service into the idea that like yeah, it's a compromise, it's a give and take. But the movie never fully goes there. No, it doesn't. Um, There's no montage scene at the very end of them. Like, cause, but another thing, though, I have to say is, like, we as the audience don't know what Justin Long is into. Yeah. We don't. Right. We know that he likes comic books, and he writes book adaptations of movies, and that's about all we learn. And I guess he likes coffee shops, maybe? Mm-hmm. But like, I, the, as yeah. if from Birdie's perspective, it's like, okay, then what do you like to do? And he, he kind of like throws random things out, especially near the end. But I think we need to learn more about this guy early in the movie. Yeah. Or you make the point of the movie that he's like, I am just not an interesting person. Like, yeah. I don't know what that version of that movie looks like, but there's something yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a movie about a guy who realizes like, I'm not that interesting. And yeah. he kind of says that in their little... But Birdie makes me interesting. Yeah. Mm? Mm? Like, you, you know, like we're the producers yeah. at the writer's room You right make now. me interesting or like something like that. Yeah. I don't exactly know what the exact fix for this movie is. But it's got it's got a lot like... <laughs> There's a lot of strong ideas. And yes. I overall liked this movie more than I didn't. This is like a, a three out of five, maybe. Interesting. Like, I thought, like, I kind of, like, they have good chemistry, the two of them. Um, There's a lot of fun appearances in this movie. Peter Dinklage is incredibly entertaining in his, like, three scenes. Did you notice that Peter Dinklage um, has his Lannister hair in this movie? He does. Because he's filming, like, the first or second season of Game of Thrones back when he used to dye his hair before, yeah, he, instead right. of wearing a wig. Right. Uh, or actually not instead of wearing a wig, before he just stopped dyeing his hair and his hair became brown in the show. Yeah. Uh, but no, he has like the full like golden locks. It's straightened, but it's it's his Lannister hair. It is very strange. And he pops into multiple scenes as uh, Strahd. 
Gerard Strad. Gerard Strad. <laughs> that was good. That was good. I like that. He's good. The whole hip like whisking milk making yeah. it look like he's jacking off. Yeah. That was pretty funny. He's great. Sam Rockwell, good in his few scenes. <sighs> I like Sam Rockwell. I, I, however, I, I, however you're going to give him. Names. Exactly. Serve, yeah, him up on a pl- yeah. serve him up on a platter with a side <laughs> yeah. of butter. I'm eating. I'm dining <laughs> out. That <laughs> was pretty much my safe views. It's like Eddie Sam Rockwell is good Sam Rockwell. Yeah. I just wish like if they had. If all they could afford for Sam Rockwell was two scenes of him. Yeah. Well, well, two and a half, because there's one montage where he goes back with the yeah. guitar lesson. But it's a guitar lesson scene, and then it's the him getting stoned scene. Yeah. I think you got to do more with him getting stoned scene. Because mm-hmm. all, I, all I got, I thought... He gets close to, like, revealing that. Yeah, cards, and that's then... where I thought it was going, yeah. which is, like, he's going to, like, he's sitting in this, like, meditation tent high on marijuana, which it's so funny to think, like, marijuana back then, twenty just 10 years ago, was, like... You don't smoke weed, and then he freaks out as his panic. Yeah. Like, oh, I shouldn't have smoked weed or whatever. <laughs> uh, just interesting new dichotomies of weed attitude back then. But yeah, Sam Rockwell just cl- eyes closed in the meditation tent, and I it's like zooming in on his face, and he what's he saying? He's like saying something like some mantra, some mantra. And I I could have swore I thought the movie was gonna do this, but it never did. But I thought he was gonna like open his eyes, see something, and then a r- reverse shot of him seeing Justin Long and being like, Hey, is this your yeah. the girl? Yeah. They say pussy in the movie, but yeah. like, is this like, you know, the pussy you've been trying to get? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I got something of her. I'd be like, wait, who is this guy? It's like, Oh, well, Oh, Oh, I've ow. been, I've, I've taught him the main three. What? The three chords. <laughs> it's like, Oh, is this your guitar teacher? He's like, yeah, yeah. And, like, I know that Justin Long said that they, when they wrote this movie, they wanted to avoid all the cliches of a rom-com. Yeah. And whatnot. And I get it. That's I fine. fully Begin get it. Begin Again is much better. But at the same time, you have if you're not going to do the cliches, you have to introduce some more juice into this movie. You have to find a replacement for that. Yeah. And there's no... Instead of, like, instead of, like, take, replacing the the cliche rom-com juice there's just just no juice there's no juice i think i think what we just said there is like the best encapsulation of what we can with this movie a movie that doesn't want the cliche rom-com sweatiness but instead of replacing it it just takes it away and therefore there's no sweat because like if this if this movie had to decide to go full sweat and just make it like, like, yeah. Essentially, this guy who keeps digging like more and more lies for himself, yeah. Until the extent like he established like he's a fucking astronaut or something, yeah. Right. Just as an example, right. Um, that's kind of a funny movie. It I'd is. Watch that. I mean, it's not original, yeah. And it's more cliche, but it's something. But I'd see it. Um, just have Justin Long like really sweaty at the end, trying to figure out how to pull his scheme off. Well, it's like there was a one bit where it's like he puts on like a like a military hat. Yeah. And she's like, you're not in the military. And he's like, and I thought I could. Again, this is another moment where the movie could have like gone balls deep. It's like, actually. I did two tours in Nam. I did two tours in. (laughs) And she's like, wait a second. (laughs) The timelines don't. Did I say Nam? Lon Nock. Hill 364. Did I say Nam? I meant Hoorah. I meant Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And then and then and then that's when Brendan Fraser, who actually is a vet, it's like, oh, where'd you where'd you uh oh where'd where you were you stationed? Where were you stationed? And then it turns into a whole like stolen valor yeah. kind of scene. <laughs> that would be funny. That would be funny. Yeah. That would be so I'd funny. Watch that. I would watch that too, of like, oh, so you trained in uh, Camp Lejeune. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's uh yeah, I was in Camp Lejeune in South Carolina and like oh, so you were in uh South Carolina for like what, four weeks? It's like, yeah, it's like well, that's interesting because Camp Lejeune is actually in North Carolina <laughs> and basic training's eight weeks. <laughs> and then he just like starts really sweating or yeah. something like that. I don't know. It just, it needed the juice and it didn't have juice. Yeah. And it almost ha- got juice. It had the lemons. It had the oranges. It had the limes. But it, it didn't juice them. Yeah, it didn't juice them correct. Yeah. At one point we had a basket full of oranges, Jeff, but none of them were squeezed. None of them got juiced. We really did. We had a we had a fucking basket full of oranges. But as we've just been describing, yeah. a basket of oranges, and much like The Godfather, instead of juicing them, someone got shot. Um, I don't <laughs> I don't know what I was gonna what that joke was. Um, I think that's the extent of like that element to discuss. I'm just checking to see like what else I wanted to hit on in this movie. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the first act. Well, you said like you know we don't learn about what Justin Long's um, hobbies and um, things he likes to do is. And we talked about like it could have taken the role of not being interesting. Well, my only my segue to that is how the first act of the movie that I feel like a lot of it was kind of wasted. Yeah. Cause like we do, we do a good amount of setting up of like how much he feels like a hack writer and Mm -hmm. the movie gets us to believe that this is going to be a, a writer meets a girl and it and it sort of invigorates his writing stuff. Yes. And it does do that. But it doesn't do that like everything else in this movie enough. Because he gets like a writing deal and all that yeah. kind of stuff. He starts writing essentially their relationship as a book. And we should talk about how that resolves. The book. Yeah, the book business. Because he writes their relationship as a book and Vince Vaughn's his agent. And he's like, yeah, come in. We got to workshop the ending. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> which is like kind of a funny conceit. I kind of like that. Um, and so he comes in for a meeting with Vince Vaughn and Peter Billingsley is the other guy. Ralphie from A Christmas Story. I didn't really um, recognize that. Yeah, it's Ralphie from A Christmas Story. Well, he still has the glasses. Hmm. Uh, first time I've seen him since Iron Man. <laughs> he's the guy who Jeff Bridges yells at about the cave with a box of scraps. Tony Stark was able to build this in a cave! Yeah, anytime you watch... With a bunch of scraps! Anytime you watch Iron Man, just oh, I'm think... sorry, sir. Just think that he's screaming at Ralphie but, from A Christmas Story. But I'm not Tony Stark. Yeah. <laughs> and then he popped... He plays the same role in Spider-Man Far From Home, which is so funny to me. That's right. They bring that guy back. They bring him back! Yeah, I think that's really funny. It's... I thought that that's was good. maybe the best joke good. in any Marvel movie, is that they bring back Peter Billingsley as the guy who Jeff Bridges yells at for the one scene. <laughs> I think that's so funny. I think it's a great point of the movie to be like, remember all those like no-name actors that we just put in this random movie in 2008? What if we bring them all back? <laughs> what if we just bring these guys back? Ten years later for a Spider-Man movie. I, l- I like that juice. That was good juice. Yeah, I like that. That's But anyway, he's in this movie. He's the other guy. Yeah, they bring Justin Long in to workshop the ending. And they basically tell him, like, yeah, this guy's so dis- unlikable. It's really great how you flip the perspective halfway through. He's like, what? <laughs> and they're like, well, at the start of this book, you're rooting for this guy. And then you realize he's an asshole and you start rooting for her. He's like, what? 
And he's like, like, yeah, and I think this guy's going to live alone for the rest of his life. And he's just going to be sexually frustrated. And he's probably sexually inept. <laughs> and he's like, wait, wait a minute. What? They literally say, he's this guy's a eunuch. Yeah, he's a eunuch. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? And so he kind of gets his, you know, Ralphie and fucking Vince Vaughn give him his, like, uh, this roast. Yeah, this roast. Comedy and then he runs roast. and he intercepts her and is like, and, up, and confesses everything. And she's like, I've known, but I still love you. And it's kind of just like, it's really pat. It really ties it up, like, you know, easy. We, we had a bowl of cold soup and it only simmered it up to, like, a little warm. Yeah, you only put it in the microwave for the 10 seconds, <laughs> you know? <laughs> the bowl is hotter than the liquid is. Yeah. You you piss it at the bowls really hot. You drop it on the floor. It spills everywhere. <laughs> you know exactly what I mean. That's sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's so sweaty, Jeff. <laughs> it's pretty good. It is. It is good. Um, it's exactly how this movie. But like again, as I've already mentioned this, but I think that we've talked about. There's so many unfollowed through threads. There's a lot of oranges that aren't yeah. juiced. But this is my biggest beef with the movie is that he doesn't come to this conclusion until his manlyhood is ridiculed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're like, yeah, you're a eunuch. And then he's like, I, better, I, gotta, go to I, I gotta go tell this girl I love her. <laughs> like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> he literally has to win his it's dick back. It's like, I, I love you. Will you please love me so I know I'm not a eunuch? <laughs> like... <laughs> I mean, we know he's not a eunuch. What if he he ran into the ballroom and he just screams, "I'm not a eunuch"? And we, the thing is, we know he's not a eunuch because there's the one part where they're uh, lying in a tent. Yeah, and they have sex. Yeah, and they have like, sex. And no, and she says, "Oh, this feels like that root that you've been talking about. It's been poking you." Do you hear that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, "Ooh, spicy, spicy, spicy." Well, out to dinner first. <laughs> well, he did take her out to dinner. He did first. take her out to dinner. To be which fair. she was, which she was a no show for. Why? Because her ex boyfriend, yeah, went into the hospital. I mean, listen, I know everybody's got a different relationship with their ex. Like some people break up amicably, and they find out that they're better friends than romantic partners. And that makes perfect sense. But another orange that we get presented into our basket that doesn't get juiced is just how a little bit awkwardly close they are to each other. Yeah. Because the first thing we, time we see Brendan Fraser, he walks to the bar and he kisses her on the cheek and he's like very lovey-dovey with her. Mm-hmm. But like all the other oranges in this movie, that also doesn't get juiced because we never see Brendan Fraser again after that scene. Yes. And, you know, they're... They very textually said they did not want to do that. I think they, that's it's a very like it feels very New York that like you're just best friends with your ex. There's like you, eight you, million people in that like, city. <laughs> like you tr- no, like you try it out for a bit, doesn't work. You remain friends. Yeah, like that feels very like authentic to this genre of movie. Yeah, and to this like community. Right. That like you would like be best friends with someone, and like hmm, should we try sleeping with each other? And it like doesn't work out. And you're like, all right, well, let's go back to being friends. Yeah. Um, um, but it does lead to like so many unanswered questions in this movie. So many things left unsaid. Um, what else is there to talk about here? Because I feel like there's a few final things to say. Oh, I do want to point out that he is signing books at the beginning um, mm-hmm. at a comic book store. And I don't know if you looked at the sign outside, but it said fresh French Sicilian bread. And then in small font. And comic books. <laughs> that's good. I think that's good. That's that good. It's like a bread store, but also a... Con- that feels. That also feels very New York. That feels very New York. 
Yeah, we like, have that in Chicago where it's like, come to this coffee shop that also has like snakes. Yeah, <laughs> no, like, poisonous snakes <laughs> on display. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, it's like it's like in this little tiny look uh, nook here in Wicker, and uh, yeah, you the, can't really find it if you're not looking for it. But once you do find it, you can only go on Mondays, yeah. Tuesdays, and Fridays because from like. Open. 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. or some <laughs> bullshit. Raji is like the yeah, store he's like, owner. He's the only guy who works it's, there. It's actually Vince Vaughn as Raji. <laughs> and you're like, wait a second. But that totally would exist in New York. It and, fucking would. Yeah. Um. So that feels authentic. Yeah. Um. At one point, Sam Rockwell does say, are you effing fucking with me? And I think that's good. Yeah. Are you effing fucking with me? <laughs> oh, there's one character I really want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Raymond. His roommate? No. Raymond oh. is the old guy at the ball oh, dancing. Oh, Raymond. Who gets cucked so hard. He does. Um, essentially, like, she goes to this, these ballroom dancing classes, um, and it's, like, her and a bunch of old people, which I think, I always think that those things are very sweet. Yeah. That, like, some that, old, that, like old people, like, yeah. they still go out and they yeah. ball dance. It's that like, was a funny scene where Justin Long did show up in, yeah. like, threads. <laughs> yeah. But, like, she, her partner, because she's the only young person there, is, like, this really old dude named Raymond. <laughs> um, And I choose to believe that Raymond's wife has recently died. And, like, this is, like, his, like, his <laughs> oh only God. avenue she to get her. She looks a lot like Birdie. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> so, and uh, he seems happy when he's dancing with her, like really happy. It might be because he's a horny old like fucking toad or some shit. I mean, yeah, um, probably. You can either choose he's a horny toad or that he's like, his wife has recently died and this is the only avenue of getting her back. Oh my God. Um, yeah. It's one of the two. Anyway, at the end, he seems so happy that he finally gets to dance with Birdie because he's really upset that um, Justin Long was dancing with her all this time. And he's just like literally sat on the sidelines. Yeah. Like he didn't have a partner. It's so miserable with this poor guy. And then, um, Justin Long comes in. He's like, I'll dance with you. And he goes, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Are you fine? And then he has a heart attack and dies. No, that doesn't happen. Um, he goes home and he overdoses on sleep medication. No, yeah. no, no. He, no, go, no. he goes home and he happen. looks at his wife's ashes on the mantle. And he's like, Oh, Bernie, Bernadette. <laughs> I whiffed it. Old Raymond whiffed it, honey. Baby. Bernie. Bernie, I whiffed it. I thought I had it, but I didn't even I didn't even compete. I was so close, Bernie. I was so close. And then he sits in his armchair and leans back and dies that night. <laughs> He doesn't get fired until five weeks <laughs> later he because he doesn't have family to check because up on the, him. The smell is really terrible. <laughs> oh fuck. Anyway, that that I think that element is funny, but also potentially very sad. Yeah. Um. That's that's all I want to say about that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, bada bing, bada boom. I mean, do you, do you, what else do you have? I think that's, I mean, uh, let's quickly talk about Fraser a little bit because we only kind of cursory said his thing. Yeah, I mean, he off screen gets introduced as the ex-boyfriend. Yeah. And who then, she's taking to the hospital. So that's why she's in the ER and why she misses their first date together. Yes. And Justin Long at first like, oh, that is really nice of you. Yes. I really like the transition to that montage of him learning all her hobbies where he's at the guitar lesson. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Sam Rockwell starts playing the 
would you? And he starts playing on his guitar, and then transitions to the actual song for the montage. It's very. That's not even like 2010s. That's very early 2000s. Yeah, I think that's very good. Yeah, I like that. Um, so the the you know he Fraser shows up at this bar for like kind of an open performance night, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he has a broken hand, hence why he was at the ER before. Yes. And Evan Rachel Wood Birdie is like, oh well. Uh, it goes Justin Long. It's like you can play, right? He well, plays. And he's like, oh yeah. Oh no no no. See that was yeah. a good juicy moment. He's yeah. like, yeah, I play. Oh wait, no 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 no. And then cut but to I, them on stage together. But I like how Fraser plays this whole scene. That he just kind of like comes and he's like, yeah, play with me, man. Yeah. <laughs> he's like channeling pr- airheads, <laughs> primo New York hipster, like Brooklyn, like guy who's at this point too old to be a hipster. Yeah, but just kinda, yeah that's a thing. But is like he's like a real person. Like one of those guys is like just kind of like trapped in this period of time that he was like relevant in but you and just... refuses to get past it. And I think that's kind of interesting for Fraser playing it's, that it's, type yeah. of person. It's very subtextual if you're not like understanding like the the context of where Fraser's at in yeah. his life. Bec- because like folks well, let's actually figure this out right now. How old is Justin Long and Evan Rachel Wood in 2013? Oh, uh, God. They would be... I, 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 I can find out also pretty quickly. Case of you, Justin Long, 1978, 1978-2013. Oh, 35. They are, they are 10 years older than Brendan... Uh, Brendan Fraser is 10 years older than them. An exact 10 years older than Justin Long. So, uh, oh, Evan Rachel Wood's also like 35-ish? So, here here it is. Brendan Fraser's born in 68. Justin Long's born in 78. Evan Rachel Wood was born in 87. 87? So, Fraser is 10 years older than Justin Long, and Justin Long is 9 years older than Evan Rachel Wood. So, he's 19 years older than Evan Rachel yes. Wood. So, he's 19. His, years- her ex-boyfriend. Yes. But doesn't this feel like a real person? It it does. Like this guy who like was really cool in the 90s and the early 2000s. And it's just like constantly slumming for this past glory. And doesn't that feel really weirdly subtextual for Rendon? And like I don't think that's necessarily intentional in the movie. I don't think like they wrote this role and they're like, let's get Brendan Fraser to play this gay past his prime. He's trying to recap. Like, I don't think anyone was thinking that when they made this movie. Right. No. I think it just kind of worked out. It works out for the sub, the context that we know. Yes. Of because we know how old Brendan Fraser is and the age differences. Cause she would be 26 in this movie. Yes. Justin Long would be 35. Fraser would be 45. Yes. 45-year-old Dean and 26-year-old, in the context of the movie and the story and who their characters are, yeah, I would kind of buy that a yeah, little I bit. Yeah, I buy it. Yeah. They probably did, he, she probably didn't even know his real age until their, like, fifth date. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like... Until he's it, like... It was probably like a fifth date, Jeff, where they're, like, fucking rock climbing or whatever. It's like, oh, yeah, this is just like, you know, when... You know they they brought the wall down on Reagan, <laughs> or what? Or, <laughs> I don't know. They brought wait. They brought the wall <laughs> down on think, Reagan. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a Was minute. Reagan oh. just standing there and they brought the wall <laughs> down <laughs> on top of it? <laughs> Shut the fuck up, man. You know what I was trying to say. I, like I'm trying to think of like uh, like a moment. No, no. 
are you there's are you you're making this sweatier than it has to be are you referring to ronald reagan saying take bring Bring down down this this wall wall. yes or are you referring to the actual wall collapsing i'm referring to reagan saying bring down okay take down this wall okay i'm what i'm trying to get at is like what fifth date moment is there like um when fraser's like what's your favorite star wars movie and she's like oh attack um, the clones <laughs> and he's like wait what he's like yeah what's yours and it's like well it would be the original star wars 1977 when i saw that in a the theater when i saw it in theaters actually, she's like, no, he would not be actually no he would have he would have been old enough for that and she would be like wait a minute you went and saw the original star wars in theaters yeah how are you like that's what i'm imagining yeah. being like the fifth date conversation also jeff i have to say real quick yes have you read justin long's like mini biography on imdb no can i I just hit me with it can i read the first line yes just the first line a likable boyish looking actor with thick thick eyebrows and a friendly smile justin long is a native of connecticut good for him that is the first line and he looks justin long i will say 1978, 35 in 2013, and um, 45 in 2023 when Barbarian came out, or it came out a year earlier, so 40, 44. Justin Long looking pretty good for his yeah, age, he, he No, he looks good. He looks really good. Like, he's aged yeah, really uh, well. If you haven't watched Barbarian to the audience at home, it's a fun movie. You should watch Barbarian. It's it's a really good movie. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um. Just like every scene is its own surprise. Every scene. I mean, the just think of it this way, folks. Bar- the whole the context of Barbarian is ignoring red flags. Yeah. <laughs> that is the premise of the movie. Yes. Is when you see a red flag and you ignore it. Yes. Um, I think we can wrap this up. Okay. Um, unless you had anything else to say. Nope. <laughs> I think I think this is about as productive as we were going to be on this movie. Yeah. So this movie, uh, oh, one final thing. about This movie is named after the Joni Mitchell song, A Case of You, um, a song that they tried to get the rights to use in the movie, and Joni Mitchell said no. <laughs> so they never used it, but they kept the name. Classic. Um, the movie comes out in 2013. Um, it screens at Tribeca in April, and then it's a wide release in November. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot really find any box office for this movie. Thenumbers.com. No, god damn it. Uh, wow, this is dead air right now. Yeah. I, what I, are you looking up right now? The box office numbers for this. Oh, yeah. Because it was not listed where I thought it was going to be listed. Uh, there is no box office information for this movie. <laughs> uh, the release of this movie is basically just released on DVD. Looks like. Um, so it, it had no theatrical release. It, it does not list one. Um, it made about eighty six thousand on uh, home video. It's not great. Uh, probably cost more than that. Just judging from the movie, mm-hmm. it gets mid range reviews where people are like, "Yeah, it's fine." But overall, it just kind of is a movie that appears and then disappears right away. Yeah. Doesn't really do anything for anyone. Least of all, Brendan. Yeah, definitely not Brendan. Uh, who at this point, people, if they saw him in this movie, they're like, oh, yeah, I wonder what happened to that guy. That's where he's at with this yeah. movie. 
premiered at the 2013 Tribeca Film yeah. Festival, released by IFC Films for video on demand platforms, yeah. as well as a limited theatrical release on November 8th, 2013, and then it was released on DVD February 4th, yeah. 2014. So it really wouldn't have like much of any box office. Yeah, there isn't much. There's no information about that. Which I always have to think: if you don't even release it, how do you even expect to get your money back from it? And I know DVDs, home but video like, DVDs. Back in the day, you could make money on DVDs. Not so much anymore. Yeah, very sad. Um, but yeah, thank you. Um, I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah, that's it for yeah. me. All right, well, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode on a case of you. I sure have a, a case of Stewart. Um, <laughs> uh, this just got airdropped. You mean a me. case of Red Bull? <laughs> <laughs> That's um, pretty amazing. You just had to see that. Yeah, I did. Um, uh, yeah, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on every platform you're listening on. As a reminder, we are available on Spotify, Podcast, Google Podcasts, on YouTube, Bomb to Reddit, R and anywhere you can listen. Yeah, and you can find us on Amazon Music, all these fucking places. Just type in Travolting Podcast, and it'll pop up probably. Um, but you know that because you're already listening. Wouldn't it be funny if someone got this front of the episode and they're like, oh, I wonder where I listen to this at. Um, find us on Twitter or Instagram at TravoltingPod. TravoltingPodcast.com if you want to email us anything. Um, you can email us pictures of older um, actresses like this roommate in this movie. Carrie Fisher. Yeah, you like weirdly looks. We never talked about that, but yeah, that was a good bit. Yeah, that was funny. Um, they, what, that he's like, people age and it is my job as a respectful man to masturbate to the aged <laughs> current life I think that's funny yeah um yeah um find me on twitter at Jeff W. Sweeney uh you can find me on instagram at stereo 185 yeah uh thanks as always to Rebecca Johnson for the graphic design Michael Van Bodegan Smith for the theme music have a great week folks talk to you next time Bye.